0: slash CLNS. Now onto your regularly scheduled program.
1: Celtics game seven Wizards Toronto game seven that's right ladies and gentlemen that's how we lead off tonight welcome in to careless whispers on CLNS radio my name is Matt Rury and my co-host as always the one and only Calvin Chamberlain hello sir
0: hello uh so I think I did I picked a game. I think I picked a game seven on that wizard series too. But you know what? I picked a wizard, so I'm I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah. Uh, this This first segment here is going to be painful for me. I'm not going to enjoy this first segment. I, I promise you that. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call, please do three four seven two one five seven 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 one. You can follow CLNS Radio on Twitter at CLNS Radio. That's nice and easy. I am at Team Green Truth, and I just tweeted out the link to the show. So we'll see if my couple hundred followers tune in right now. I i follow more people than I'm than I have followers, Calvin. So that that proves that I'm a Twitter loser. That's the proof right there.
0: Yes, you should always be followed more than you follow. Right. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe you shouldn't follow, if, like, just don't follow as many people. So it looks like you're, you're not that interested in Twitter.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll have to do that. I'll change my Twitter personality. That's that's what I'll do. Um, you can also now, find.
0: Uh, sorry,
1: CL- no, I was just going to say you can also find CLNS Radio on Facebook, of course. So go to slash Facebook to get on over there. And uh, as always, this fine program, just like every other fine program on Us Radio, is brought to you by lynda.com, that's L-Y-N-D-A, and Peak Brewing. peakbrewing.com, and on Instagram and Twitter, the same thing, peakbrewing. I'll tell you a little bit about those two lovely sponsors a little later as well. But, Calvin, like I said right off the bat here, the uh, the NBA playoffs are still going on. We made some predictions last week and uh, mine don't look good at all. Yeah, I feel like an idiot.
0: Little, let me ask you a little philosophical question about that. What what in this case makes a prediction right or wrong? Like, if you predict a, a seven-game series and it's a sweep, but you pick the winner, is that, is that an accurate prediction or is that an inaccurate prediction?
1: I'd, I'd say that that's where you get into the different levels of the prediction. You know what I'm saying? So at, at least you pick the winner, and I think I went to the other side in that Wizards Toronto series. Just I don't know for no reason. I shouldn't I shouldn't have gone against Paul Pierce. That was that was stupid of me. Very very foolish. That team, like Paul 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 Pierce said, that team has it. They have something at least more than Toronto does. That's for sure. The Washington Wizards uh, as they sweep the Raptors right out of the playoffs, and we'll get into that a little that series itself in a few minutes as well. Uh, but yeah, that one I thought was going to be a lot closer, and you actually said that Toronto looked like they were on the downswing, and I, I just didn't listen. It was a bad pick.
2: So I don't, I don't think
0: I, I don't have any losses as of yet. I mean, I still have the Clippers, which I have been at seven. It, you know, that could still go either way. But other than that, I'm, looks like I was pretty much on the nose. But again, it's not like we're not talking about you know March Madness or I, I picked out, you know the right number 11 and 10 seeds that win the first round matchups it it's pretty much trash
1: right as as it goes in the NBA right that's that's kind of the way that it sets itself up and for whatever reason uh these the these underdog teams even in the Western Conference where people think it's supposed to be much more competitive the the lower seeds are are not faring too well um
0: no, but I guess football. that's that's just
1: that's just the 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 way it goes. And we thought there was going to be a lot more parity this year, and it looked like there was, especially with the way that the race is shaped up over the course of the last couple of months. But like you said, when it comes down to it, the the higher seeds are winning, and uh, people don't get that upset factor in the NBA. Yeah,
0: I think that you know when we watch the regular season every year because it's so long, we start breaking it down. We sort of forget how different playoff basketball can be on the regular season. You know, like you you look at like teams that matched up okay, and you think, like, oh, there's not that much difference between these teams, or, you know, I, I think this team could, can put up a fight. You know, for example, like well, like in the case of the Celtics, so we might as well just get right to it. I, I think that a lot of Celtics fans were under the impression that they were going to make a series of this Cleveland Cavaliers series. And I, I never, I never bought into that notion, and you know, not because I, you know, wanted the Celtics to lose it or, I, or I just thought the matchup was horrible, and I, I really didn't see how they were going to pull off a game in the series, and they did not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was basing one or two games solely on, on coaching, and I thought that the Celtics were going to have that superior coaching, and that maybe not the first couple of games, but by the time they had a. a couple of looks at the Cleveland, I figured that the coaching staff was going to do some, do enough to uh, give the, the Celtics a chance to win. And that was not the case because in this series they were, I mean, the games look relatively close and they were close throughout the, the, uh, the course of the game, even though most of, even though they all ended in double figure losses for the Celtics, um, they, they competed. And that's what people were looking for from this team. But I thought it was going to be even closer than that. I thought the Celtics were going to have multiple chances to win games because of what the coaches have drawn up and how the players were playing, and uh, they they fell short of that every single time.
0: Yeah, can I can I be a, a little critical of Brad Stevens in the series? Just because I, I feel like I feel like he wasn't quite ready for playoff basketball. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't see the, the kind of adjustments that I that I was expecting from him. And I, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it it's, it seemed to me almost that he didn't realize that when you're coaching a, a playoff basketball series, you have to you have to coach against the other team and adapt your team to to fit the best lineup that's going up against that specific team, and you know run plays that that go at the, at their weaknesses directly, but focus on on that team that you're playing. Or I sort of felt like the Celtics were trying too much at the beginning of the series. Now he 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 made adjustments, you know, right around game three. He started making adjustments, but quite uh, but early on in the series, it seemed like he he stuck a little too long to hey, this is this is what's worked for us during the regular season, so we're going to keep going with it. And it's uh, his yeah, his timing on the adjustments was a little too late.
1: Yeah, there were there were things that we were talking about either on shows after the after the games or on um, post game or just me talking with people in general and I was looking for some drastic changes to be made after the first couple of games there uh, I didn't think that Jared Sollinger was effective at all and I thought that he should be he should be just benched entirely and it turned it turned out that toward, by the end of the series the third and fourth game he was contributing to the team and he was being a factor out there uh, but I I just thought that the matchup sort of dictated that he would not be seeing as many minutes as he as he saw uh but he sort of took upon himself to be that or try and be that leader on the floor and guys were starting to look to him so i don't i don't blame coach Stevens for keeping him in the lineup in games three and four but uh that was the type of stuff that i was looking to for the coach to do after the first couple of games because something it, it wasn't working they needed to figure something out you know yeah
0: definitely and you know, I don't wanna I I guess I don't want to go come down on PY because they they were overmatched. I guess I guess I just saw in the series when I watched the Cavs, you know, despite what I said at the, at the beginning of the series when I picked them in four and I s and I thought that, you know, they just didn't have any advantages, I thought the Cavs really half assed it in the series. Again, not to, not to take any credit away from the series or or the Celtics rather. But it seemed to me that like LeBron wasn't really trying except for in, in small bursts, you know, late in, in games where he decided to take over. Like they really spent a lot of time focusing on like getting Kevin Love shots. And then but then there were LeBron other LeBron admitted that Love. himself. Yeah. They had Kevin Love, you know, positioned like three feet behind the three point line, but like, they clearly like didn't have his his role even at this point of the season, like they don't have Kevin Roll Kevin Love's role defined clearly. Uh he, you know, Kyrie Irving was allowed to just take take whatever shot he wanted, with the idea of getting him going. And I get it, man. It's like Lebron has been in so many playoffs, and like he obviously to like make them really try. <laughs> this early in the playoffs, you're going to actually to take a game or two from them. And since they were never actually threatened, yeah, I, I really felt like they had that they were vulnerable for that game or two. But you know, unfortunately, so the Celtics couldn't make it happen. I, I say, let me ask you about Isaiah Thomas because I think we we saw in that series sort of sort of the downside of having him be your your primary option in the fourth quarter, which is Isaiah Thomas. Frankly, is just not very big, and the guy who's not very big. Like they really basically sh- you know shrouded him with bigs every time he got in the lane. He had a hard time right. either seeing the basket or or really getting you know getting those passes out to guys, would you be concerned about that going forward when it comes down to a, a playoff series when teams can really hone in on them?
1: Well, I would be concerned with that if they come back with uh, the, the the same sort of, I don't know, wing players, if you will. If, the, if they're throwing Jay Crowder and Evan Turner out there, as good as Crowder has been, and we'll get into him in, in just a second, and his injury, uh, but as good as he has been, as, as much heart as he's throwing out on the court, if they're still throwing him out there in in the crunch time, I mean, they need guys who can knock down shots, and he has knocked down some wild shots. But I still don't think that he's that type of guy that's going to be that should be trusted to knock down shots. And that's that teams are going to until they find that 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 dead eye shooter, teams are going to look at. Isaiah Thomas in the playoffs is the only guy that can score and they're going to double team him and they're going to clamp down on him. And unless other guys are out there and they pose or impose some fear into the uh, in- opponent, then the Celtics are going to have a hard time winning some playoff games. They, ne- they need some more scoring punch on the wing. That's that's the long that's the short end, uh short way to, of putting what I just said there.
0: Right. Yeah, you're, you're you're probably right. I guess I, we don't need to get too much into what their needs are right now because we will be doing that, you know, over the course of the uh, the coming months. I guess I, I was just curious to know what you thought of his performance. I'm I'm, I'm also really interested in uh, what what what's the deal with LeBron and Evan Turner? Why does LeBron hate him so much? Do you have any idea?
1: I think that Evan Turner is just, yeah, he has no sort of fear against LeBron James. And uh, where some younger players may look at LeBron James and say, oh, that's LeBron James. I'm not going to go anywhere near him. Keep me away. Like he's going to destroy me. Evan Turner has this mentality that, that he's going to conquer LeBron James at some point. He tried to dunk on him. He uh, never backs down from the, the defensive assignment. If, if, if he's that guy that's playing against lebron in the course of a game and uh i I just think that that annoys lebron james a little bit He, he i think he kind of feels like he should be looked at as the superstar number one king talent in the nba and when guys like evan turner don't pay him that utmost respect for whatever reason or however turner has gone about disrespecting lebron james this i'm building this up, I'm putting words words in LeBron's mouth, of course, but uh that's sort of the way I see it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I can just watch them go back and forth all day and watch LeBron block him and and then scream at him, then I blocked you. It, it was just it was one of those things where like it just really stood out and I didn't know if like there was some specific reason that I didn't know about or or what. So
1: well, I mean, oh, no. Turner has trash talked right. LeBron before in the regular season. He trash talked him, said that uh, Andre Iguodala's son was better than LeBron's son, and uh, I mean, just things like that. I mean, I, I just right. I feel like Turner has maybe had a few digs over the course of the season here uh, in matchups against LeBron James, and maybe LeBron just sort of take note, you know? All
0: right, fair enough. So, I know we talked about it before the playoffs. How uh, you know you we it, it's it's good to just be happy with this team's performance and whatever happens from here. But can you all all that being said, they they did get swept out of the playoffs. Do you still feel the same way, or it has you know some sort sort of disappointment? set it?
1: I mean, my immediate reaction. I was very disappointed, and I knew I felt like I shouldn't be feeling that way. I felt guilty for feeling disappointed. Almost, you know uh but at this point i'm over it i'm i'm glad that they got the experience that they did i thought brad stevens press conference after the game the final of uh, game 4 there was very telling about the attitude that the organization has going forward they are proud of what they've done but they aren't bragging about it whatsoever and they know that there's a long way to go to be back to where they want to be so Uh, I, I got, I have to sort of look at that and just the way that they came out of that game and their mentality coming out of that game, the emotion that Isaiah Thomas seemed to be showing in the, uh, post game press conference was interesting as well. I think that he really took it hard that they couldn't pull one out here, but, uh, I I think that Brad Stevens is definitely showing Celtics fans that the organization's mentality going forward is the right one. And, that's that's a good thing to to take coming out of this season.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. I'm I'm glad that you've you've gotten over it. Although, I, yeah, I can't understand why disappointment set in, especially like I said after a sweep. Um, I think that they they do have a bright future. going looking forward, and we'll we'll be talking about the team in the coming months as they uh, you know as we enter free agency and then make the traffic and all that kind of stuff. But um before we move off on them, there, there were a few physical altercations in that
1: game. That, that's, that's right. Okay. Yeah. If it finally got physical, Calvin, it finally got. it have been in the ball fight? Got back to the old days. They're throwing punches. They're ripping arms out. They're elbowing people in the neck. There's really it got really dirty. Back to the '80s. You know, it was it was just. It was that's just like old school basketball, you know. That's exactly what we were looking for. A dirty vicious punch. That's that's right. That's right. It was just no. It was none of that. And well, there were some dirty-ish plays. Okay, but s- people are still looking at all these things. The J.R. Smith punch, which I thought he should have gotten more than just two games. He's been suspended two games, by the way. If you didn't hear, okay. You
0: want to start there? Then?
1: Or, yeah, let's just start there because it's because it's with it ties into Jay Crowder who. On that play, sprained his uh, MCL, and he's just going to have to rest for a few weeks in the offseason here. Um, But he was also involved in another altercation with Kendrick Perkins where Perk got a flagrant one and actually was upgraded to a flagrant two after the fact, and he was signed or fined $15,000. And all of this, the Cavs are saying, stems from Kelly Olenek pulling on Kevin Love's arm in rebounding action and dislocating his shoulder. And now it's come out, <coughs> excuse me, that he has a torn labrum. So, Calvin, with all that, I start with the JR Smith punch. And just that that was the worst thing that happened in this entire game. It wasn't the worst injury that happened, but it was the worst act that happened, I, I would say. And it wasn't even close to some of the stuff that we had seen 10, 15, 20 years ago. So, when people are trying to compare the two, if anybody out there is thinking of doing that, don't bring it here, because I won't I won't I won't listen to that. For today's standards, J.R. Smith was it was a punk move. And he I thought he should have gotten more than two games, but the league gives him the two game suspension. What did you think of all that?
0: I mean, here here's the thing. I don't think that you can hold J.R. Smith responsible necessarily for jay crowder's knee sprain on that play well sure yeah because the punch didn't directly cause the knee sprain it, it's sort of like a coincidence that it happened on that play And granted you can say or, well, you know if he wouldn't have twisted his knee if he wasn't awkwardly trying to get out of the way uh up the punch or you know if, if, it's really just a uh i mean you can call it a punch sure I, I don't have a problem with the two games but I, I think that, that giving him much more than that. It really it, like I, I guess my issue with it is, is like guys when when clearing space and rebounding situations like will will go high like that in and throws throw their arms in a in a way that maybe is not as direct as J.R. Smith's uh move, but it's, it's you can argue a facsimile of that you know what i mean did he, did he find been, a and, loophole
1: here by the way did he find a loophole because i think if that was an elbow that had connected it probably would have been more more like three or four games and t- oh, i mean yeah, tell me if i'm wrong
0: well i think i think the fact that it that it really didn't connect you have to factor that in to the suspension you know what i mean he, he yeah he sort of grazed him but it's not like he, like you would be right if an elbow connected i mean if you want to if you want to take like uh Ron Artest's elbow of James Harden into account that uh, landed in what what was that seven games? Well, want say seven, but it may have been 10 uh, cool with that. But that landed, you know, completely on his neck, and it was it was, you know, Artest with his uh, obviously the malice of the palace history probably factored factored into his suspension as well. But in Jasmine, I I just think that if you look at the the history of their punches. He was on the floor. He didn't come off the bench. He didn't throw more than one. It, you can. He could argue that it was, you know, an overreaction to a basketball play. I don't know. I, I guess I just see it. I find it hard to see it as more than that. If you if you factor in the damage done, which, you know, really directly was not very much.
1: I just thought that he, the excuse that he didn't know that. The guy was there. It, it doesn't fly because he had a, a, he had a forearm in his, sh- his shoulder blades, basically. So he he has to know when he's swinging his arm up and back that at the very least he's going to hit this guy in the shoulder at the lowest point. And I don't know. I I I just I just thought that that the intent was there, and it was very clear what he was trying to do. And that's why I would say that it should be more than two games, just because I thought intent was there. Whereas looking at the Olenek play, even though the result was worse, I didn't see much intent there to injure. I thought that that was Olenek trying – he was overmatched, and he was trying to make a play on the ball. And once he realized that, that he was that overmatched, they were tangled up. He went one way, Love went the other. And he gave a little tug on the arm, and it popped out. Now, I'm not going to go and point fingers at Kevin Love or anything like that, but I am going to point fingers at Kevin Love. How about this? this? It's my little flip. Here's my little flip. This is what I do. I'm not going to do this, but I am going to do this. He locked Olenek up first, okay? He engaged the, the, the arm lock up first. So if he's going to complain and say that it's a Bush league play while he didn't tug on Olenek's arm, the way he locked it up, that, I mean, there could have been elbow damage there. If, if he clamped down just a little bit harder, or if they got tangled up and twisted a different direction and it could have gone the other, the other way. And it could have been Olenek's arm that got banged up instead of Kevin loves. So I just, I just wish that Kevin love would instead of, coming out immediately and accusing a guy of trying to rip his arm off, which is essentially what he did. I wish that he would sort of realize that this is something that happens and it was a fluke thing. And while, yes, Olenek should have probably been, I I don't know about a suspension, maybe a a heavy fine. He should have been reprimanded for the the aggressive – nature of him boxing, trying to box out and pull Kevin Love away from the ball. But for Kevin Love to come out and sort of label him as a, as a dirty player or as intentionally trying to rip off his arm, I think is a little bit, a little bit out of left field, kind of ridiculous. Here's the thing,
0: Rory. I, I, would be inclined to go along with you. In fact I did the post game show for game four and we talked about that in, in that situation. I was basically saying, yeah, I I Kelly Olenek, the type of player that he is, like I highly doubt that he was intentionally trying to, to damage Kevin Love's arm. I you're right, I also bought the point that like yeah, they did get tangled up. Like that's that those sort of tangled up plays, uh, you know, the part where you you were talking about Ke- Kevin Love grabbing him that's, that just happens on every play in the NBA. You know, not every play, but just a huge... Guys fighting for offensive boards, guys fighting for post-up positions. Like, guys are just naturally going to get tangled up. We can agree on that, right? Of course. But, I, yeah, so I was I was all, all in on both of those things. Like, okay, it, it was incidental. And then I saw the, the photo. Have you seen the photo of Kelly Olenek with Kevin Love's arm bent forward, like, bent underneath his armpit and Olenek hunched forward and you see his other hand on Kevin Love's arm twisting it. There's, there's like a there's like a Zapuda film photo of, of Kelly Olenek that's like it, it's so malicious looking that it's like single-handedly sort of Yeah, it's like, a, yeah, yeah, it's, like
1: a, it's like a half it's like a half second basically I, I, but this is that's if you're looking at it in, in a split second like that and it looks horrible, right? But when you look at it in real time you can still see him pull down on the arm, but it's really more of a all right, I'm going for this ball. You're, you're I don't want you to get it. I'm gonna pull you back And whether he whether he pulled right on his arm or he, he grabbed his chest and tried to pull him down that way, it was just a split second thing. that's what, what was what happens. Kevin Love was basically doing the same thing and not pulling down and grabbing. Olenek because he wasn't he was more in position he didn't have to he was the one that was pushing his arm backwards to keep Olenek off of him so it's a still photo of that sure is going to look bad but in the action of the rebound it was a bad rebounding play and that's pretty much all there is to it that's that's all that's the only way that I that I can sort of see this thing I didn't I don't see any malicious intent there. It, it was a it was a a, a poor attempt at trying to tr- ball when he was overmatched and out of position, that, and that's it. Well,
0: I I also think that the, there needs to be a differentiation, and you know, a, and a lot a lot of times there needs to be this differentiation between between like w- uh, willing to do a dirty play and having the intent to injure somebody. You know, there are a lot of guys in the NBA who play dirty or who. Who aren't necessarily dirty all the time, but like will do dirty plays to get edges. That's not the same as like trying to hurt someone, right? Like so, if if you want to, if you want to say like yeah, Kelly Olmedic like clearly was doing some shenanigans with Kevin Love, that's fine. But it's another step to say like like Kelly Olmedic was trying to hurt Kevin Love. Right. You know what I mean? That's those are two different levels. Like if if Kevin Love got hurt on what was a dirty play, that's unfortunate. But dirty plays happen all the time in NBA games. So if you know what I mean? even that that logic is still a far cry from the from the step that says like yeah. Kelly Olenek you know, was trying to take him out so they'd have a chance in the series. And you, and, you and you know what him. you
1: know what I say to this, Calvin, to wrap this little topic up? I Wait, say I don't want to wrap I, it up though, because I've one more part of this that so we need to get to. It. That's that's fine. My my I'm gonna end my part of this by saying uh, that if Kevin Love couldn't get through this How is he going to make it through a series against the Chicago Bulls? Huh? That team is tougher than the Celtics by a million. Go ahead. Well, he's
0: not now because he's out for the playoffs. Exactly. Only did him a favor. (laughs) Did he? He may may have done the rest of the Eastern Conference a favor. So it it appears that Kevin Love is probably not going to play in, in the playoffs which means this, this might be his last game as a Cavalier. You know, it, the, the speculation was big on, like, he needed to really have a big role on a team that, you know, was going to make the final for that team to have any shot at retaining Love. And one of the, you know, the it's been in all over the the news, it's been all over the headlines, I'm sure uh, you've been hearing it, is that Boston was looking to make a big move to get this guy. Mm. Get Kevin Love, and you've been, you've been hearing those headlines. So the question now becomes, Rory, did, did Kelly only single-handedly ruin it, the chances for the Celtics to get Kevin Love in the
1: offseason? Uh, he may have, but uh, again, back to the, the notion that he's not Kevin Love is not tough enough to get through a series uh, where something like that happens to him as opposed to getting through a series against the Chicago Bulls, for example. uh just seeing the way that Kevin love has been used this year and the way that they can't figure out how to get him in tune and make him that third guy. I'm not so sure before any of this happened, I was starting to have my doubts on whether Kevin love was, was the type of player that could really help the Celtics and push them over the top. Uh, Obviously the talent is there and maybe he needs to be a number two because he didn't work as a three and it didn't work for him as the one in Minnesota. Uh, Maybe he just needs to, maybe he is a number one and he needs a a different scenario and a different group of guys around him and a different GM. Maybe Danny is, is that guy, was that guy. But if Kevin Love is going to look at this situation in this isolated incident and write off the Boston Celtics franchise as a whole, as a career move, as a situation where he could improve a team in the Eastern Conference and contend, then do we really want him here anyway if he's going to write it off just because of this one incident, if he's not even going to listen to what Kelly Olenek has to say or listen to the sales pitch from Danny Ainge or the, or, or the, the franchise uh, or Wick Grossbeck or any of those other guys that, that would be involved in that? Do we really want a guy like that? on a team that we're rooting for here in Boston, I say, I say, no, Calvin, I say, if he's going to take this incident and just not even be open-minded enough to listen to the other side of the story or what Olenek has to say, which, uh, by all accounts, Olenek reached out to him and love would not get back to him or anything like that. And his post-game comments were, uh, I don't know, maybe it was a knee-jerk reaction on his part. We'll have to find out and see if he has anything else to say in the future. But it seemed like he was he was really taking offense to what happened. But like I said, if you're going to take this one isolated incident with a player that may not even be here if Kevin Love were to come and sign in Boston, maybe they would find a way to get rid of Kelly Olenek. Who knows? But if, if that's going to be the reason that he just doesn't even – Consider the the franchise, then I don't really think I'd want him here anyway.
0: Hold on, though is that re- is that really a fair standard? If if Kevin Garnett had been taken out of the playoffs by someone a couple you know a couple of years ago, um, let's say that uh, you know, let's say I don't know, let's say Ke- not Kevin Love because he wouldn't play in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Let's say Book Lopez, all right? Let's say Book Lopez had taken Garnett out of the playoffs, you know, in, in 2010. All right? And then trying to call him afterward, and it's the exact same situation, pulls his arm. Garnett feels like it was intentional. Uh, whether or not it was is somewhat open to debate, but, you know, clearly it wasn't a clean play. Like, would you expect Garnett to to be receptive to that call from Brooke Lopez after, after he was taken out for the entire playoffs?
1: I would like to think that, yes. I mean, knowing Kevin Garnett, probably not. He'd probably do the, do the shutdown type of thing too. But if he was then going to say that he would never consider playing for the Brooklyn Nets, then I would say shame on you, Kevin Garnett. If you have a good situation and you can go to the Brooklyn Nets and play for them, whether Brooke Lopez is there, for not or, there or not, and it's a good spot for you, then you should be open to the possibility of doing it. So, my my point is that Kevin Love should be open to still coming to the Boston Celtics, re- regardless of whether Kelly Olynyk is here or not. Regardless of whether he believes it was completely intentional or or there was uh, intent to injure there or not, he should still be open to it because it's it's a it's a huge career opportunity that if if you just blow it off, that just doesn't seem to be very smart to me. I don't know.
0: Not a very I mean, good business I, I think, decision. I think that if Kevin Love had a lack of options, I would I would agree with that. But I, I think he'll be fine in that situation anyway. If you wanted to rule a suitor out, no matter what suitor that would be, and it's not like the the Celtics aren't the team that would be one piece away with Kevin Love from becoming a championship team anyway. If we're being honest, right? So I don't know. I I guess I see I see what you're saying, and I get the I get the mentality of like. If you don't want us, we don't want you. But I also, like, I, I guess I, I wouldn't see it as an unfair notion either. I wonder how I wonder how upset Ainge is right now about about the see. fact that Olenek did that with the idea that, again, you know, all the Boston uh, media outlets have been reporting that Boston has been, you know, Super yep. interested in love in this offseason. Well,
1: I, and- I would like to. I would like to think that Ainge would respond as far as saying that it was a it was a hard basketball type of play and a bad rebounding play. And uh, I would hope that he backs Kelly Olynyk on this regard, and may, or or maybe he'll say nothing if if he really is trying to push to get Kevin Love here. We'll have to see how he plays this one. Uh, but anyway, let's move on.
0: Okay. So we got a couple of Celtics in other series across the land, uh, and uh, I figured we we talk about them briefly. Uh, first is is you know I'm assuming one of your favorites, right, Paul Pierce?
1: Paul Pierce is is a, is a legend, and he has been trolling the hell out of Toronto Raptors fans, and I'm loving it. Like I I don't know. Just the fact the fact that I picked Toronto in seven in that series doesn't mean that I wanted them to win it, and I th- think I expressed that on, on our our preview show as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm I I love this Wizards team. I think they're a lot of fun, and I, I think that uh, if as, as many playoff basketball games as you can get to see Paul Pearson, I think it's a it's a win for Celtics fans as well as Wizards fans now. Uh, just to sort of see this guy finish his career and see, he still has a, a little bit left in the tank and he still can get it done uh, and he's he's really funny on Twitter too, Calvin.
0: That's what surprises me, Rory, is I didn't know yet, I didn't realize he had this much left in the tank. I don't know if you watched any of Pierce in the regular season, but he like really didn't play well particularly right. down the stretch.
2: Seven uh, himself.
0: Really, yeah. Didn't do too much at all. So, you know, when it started with, with uh, Pierce calling out Toronto and saying they didn't have it, and then sort of getting in a war of words with uh, Masai Ujiri, I, I sort of assumed that it was just, you know, Pierce doesn't really have it on the floor anymore, so he's sort of trying to provoke them into, into getting annoyed and getting them off the game, which I, I I found hilarious. But then, then it's like the playoff series started... All of a sudden, Paul Pierce is is playing small ball power forward, and he's destroying Toronto. Game one, he's he's making big shot after big shot. It was like a it was like a rewind back to back to uh, Boston, and he was just Paul Pierce again. And and I loved it. I'm not I, I'm not gonna lie. I found it tremendously entertaining. Good. And now that they yeah, now that they've switched.
1: Yeah, he said he was resting throughout the regular season and that he was saving himself for the playoffs, which is great. And Randy Whitman did a good job of keeping his minutes down and when he could. And I think that that's uh, what's going to have to happen uh, when he finishes out his career next year, when he finishes that contract there in Washington. He's already said that that's going to be his last season. So they're going to have to do the same type of thing if they want to have him be successful in the playoffs again. Uh, And it's just it's fun to see a guy like that uh, really still getting it done. still having fun out there trying to help the younger guys like Bradley Beal, uh, Otto Porter, you know, John Wall, of course, trying to help them uh, shape their careers as well. And I think that uh, that that's part of the reason that he's such a good fit down there in Washington, because they can look to him to be that leader because he still gets it done when, uh, when it comes to the clutch. The truth. That's Paul Pierce, man. That's he's just going to keep getting it done until his team is knocked out. That's right.
0: Are they dangerous now?
1: With I think that they've been dangerous the whole time, and it, I mean, it's not necessarily with Pierce, but uh, he's proving that he can still win games, and he can still be the guy to to look at down the stretch and be that scorer. So, just this one series makes them more dangerous because. Even if he doesn't perform that way, I, f- I feel like the pressure being off of those other guys like Bradley Beal and John Wall towards the end of games uh, is going to be good for them as well. And if they play a little bit more relaxed, maybe they'll start to get that same mentality that Paul Pierce has. And then they'll have multiple options in the next series and uh, possibly going forward after that.
0: Yeah, I guess I wonder how much of this is a mirage because they played Toronto, you know, a team that doesn't play any right. defense at all. I guess we'll find out. We will. But I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It feels good as a Celtics fan just to see Pierce doing it one more time. I like it. But what, what I wonder very is, does it also feel good as a Celtics fan to see Rajon Rondo and <laughs> Jeff Green not do it one more time?
1: Well. Honestly, I, I was hoping that Jeff Green was going to uh, perform pretty well. I, I, I was looking f- for him to to flourish, I guess, in Memphis. And I, I wouldn't mind if he started turning on and they figured it out. But uh, it doesn't seem to look like things are going their way as far as Jeff Green is concerned. They're playing pretty well, and even though Mike Conley just went down. Uh, we'll see when he comes back, but if he comes back. And – but the Jeff Green experiment, I mean, it's it's been up and down in Memphis as well. And I would I would prefer to see him do well over Rondo just because of the way Rondo sort of left Boston. And he's obviously had an attitude problem in Dallas. Uh, so it's – I'm not going to go out – I'm not going to say that I'm happy to see Rondo struggling and the fact that he's not even playing anymore in Dallas. I'm, I'm not happy about that because I think that he, he's a good – He's as far as his talent is concerned, he's good for the league and I – I hope that he gets his head on straight and finds a way to be that flashy player that he once was in Boston. Uh, But until that happens, I mean, it looks like the Celtics really did the right thing here and uh, they have certainly won that trade. They
0: certainly have. I mean, especially with, with Jay Crowder but it's just funny to me because I, I feel like we've had a thousand conversations, right, be it on this show, be it on the post-game show, you know, call, calling people, calling in and arguing, like over the value of these guys, Ronto and Jeff Green. And it sort of came to a head this season with, you know, both of them being a, a, a having a negative effect on, you know, how good this team played. And it's just hilarious to me to see Jeff Green go to Memphis in, in Memphis, in Memphis have the exact same Jeff Green experience. Where one night he's showing up and putting up points, other nights he's not you know, he's not really out there on the floor. Like his his, you know, value uh to the team when he's on the floor as opposed to when he's not. It's like there's so much better without him on the on the floor. There's so much better with Tony Allen out there, even though he can't score. They're better with Courtney Lee out there and another former Celtic who I always loved and doing, you know, much better in Memphis than Jeff Green is. And then you see Rashawn Sean Rondo, and it's like the same story. We we hashed it over time and again in Boston, but fighting with his coach, show you know, showing a negative attitude. And how many times were people saying like, you know, it's just because Rondo wants to win. No, it's not because it's not because he wants to win. It's because he's a dick. Have we have we <laughs> have we decided? Have we concluded that decisively now? There's no the right. There's no counter argument for that. It's, it's, right. It's not. Yeah. It's not because Rondo just is more competitive than anyone else. Yeah, you know, it's because he has a surly personality and he wants to do things his way. Right. That's all. And it he is. thinks
1: he's right. He thinks he's smarter than everybody, else and that yeah. he does want to do it his way exactly. That's that. And and he, he very well may be. He may be one of these great basketball minds that you talk about. You see, come along once in a while. LeBron is one of them. Uh, but maybe maybe he just needs to get over the fact that. People aren't just going to cater to him because he can't make free throws and he's not a very good shooter. While he, he does a lot of other things extremely well and does things that some players would never even dream of being able to do with the basketball, he needs to understand that he is not that max type of player. If he's not going to knock down shots and etc. Cetera, etc., cetera. so uh, well, I think that the I think that that's it. The conclusion is Rondo is not a max player. Right? That was the big discussion. Is Rondo a max player? Or is he not a max player?
0: He's definitely certainly not a doesn't look player. like he is. I mean, everybody keeps talking about—not everybody, but like people keep talking about how like the Lakers are going to give be the team that offers some money, and I'm pretty worried about that as a Lakers fan. I mean, I guess we'll get to that when it comes to it. But the the even if the Lakers do offer him a contract, I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if it was a max type contract. And if it is, I, I don't know. I might show myself or something, but we'll we'll see. See how that goes. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, with that, we are going to do something that we usually do around here. But first, we're going to have a little bit of a baseball topic later on, Calvin. And with that, I need to remind, not remind, but tell people for the first time here on CLMS Radio that you can play in the DraftKings $10,000 Fantasy Baseball Contest with your first deposit for free. That's right. All you have to do is go to clnsradio.com slash DraftKings and use the promo code New England. The wait is finally over, people. Baseball season is here. DraftKings.com is the official daily fantasy partner of Major League Baseball. And what that means is that you don't have to do Fantasy for the entire season. You can pick a new team every single day. You pace just buy in instant cash, instant gratification. Each day there's a new game depending on the matchups. So you can pick your favorite Red Sox, your favorite Dodger, your favorite players throughout the league. And it's a brand new season every time you play at DraftKings. <clears throat> so you gotta head over there and uh Get a new team. Get a a new team every day. Somebody's going to win like $10,000 or more. All you have to do is select two pitchers, eight position players, stay under that salary cap, and you could win a ton of money. Just like Peter in Colorado. Calvin, I don't know if you've heard about this man, Peter. He won a million dollars on DraftKings in just one day. He just played a one-day fantasy baseball league on DraftKings. And he won a million dollars. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans, fans, excuse me, like you, Calvin, and me have already cashed in at DraftKings. So now it's your turn, the listener, baby. Hurry to DraftKings.com right now and enter the promo code New England. That's right, New England to play for free. You could win part of the three hundred million dollars in prizes being awarded this season. Use promo code New England for free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. One more time, you know what it is? DraftKings.com. All right, Calvin. You know what time it is now?
0: Uh, more DraftKings talk. <laughs>
1: More DraftKings talk? Well, I, we could talk about DraftKings. I've played on. I I played fantasy basketball on DraftKings as well. So, how about how that for, for an extension? Do you do you, yeah. of, I did not do very well. I it was fun, but I did not do very well. Uh, and I was thinking about doing it for the playoffs, but I haven't had been over there uh, recently. But I will definitely be going back over there at some point now, just to check out and see what my balance is, et cetera, and maybe remember. pick pick some players in uh, in. One of the uh, the basketball games in the second round here coming up, but no, now is the time where we uh, pick a song. What song do you want to hear?
0: Uh, you know what song I really like? It's that one Goo Dolls. So, you know
2: which one I'm talking about?
1: Uh, is it this one? This is it. This is it. All right. got right another like seven seconds broken, of this song. You can just hear it. Just yep. This is it. This is it. Yep. Yeah. Hello, Liz Farola. Hello.
2: I'm terrible. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey.
1: Hey, Hey, guys. Um, don't steal that from them.
2: Well, I like saying it, though.
1: Well, you can't <laughs> steal that from somebody else.
2: <laughs> um... I do want to say that I've used DraftKings before, and I really like it. I'm not very good at it, it, but it's fun.
1: Testimonial from the one and only Liz Farola here. Liz, Uh, you found out yesterday that Damian Lillard is black, (laughs) not white.
2: (laughs) Listen, I haven't... You know what, Calvin? Sometimes sometimes
1: Liz just doesn't watch the basketball games. She only listens to people talk about them, and uh, she just assumes one way or the other based on what their per, the person's name is. This is what we've come to love about her.
2: This is making me sound terrible, but I do want to say that a lot of these names I see during, like, fantasy sports, and that's really what happens. Because, like, why am I going to watch Damian Lillard? Why would I?
0: Uh,
1: because, because he's um... awesome.
2: Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, you What? Those,
0: those of us who enjoy sports we enjoy Damian Lillard.
2: I think I just want to throw out that Matthew Lillard of Scream and other random things, not black. So that's what I based it on. I just immediately assumed that's how it goes. I'm sort of digging myself a hole now.
1: (laughs) This is clearly not one of your topics tonight, Liz, but what is? Not
2: one of my topics. Okay, I have three pretty funny topics. One of them is sort of basketball related, so I thought you guys would like it. Hmm. So, I read this story about um, Scotty Pippen's daughter. Have you heard about this?
1: I saw a headline about this.
2: Yeah, I just, I mean, it's kind of a sad story. So, she was arrested for public intoxication and public urination. She's 20. I guess she, like, she goes to University of Iowa, and she drunkenly walked into this hotel lobby, went to the bathroom on the floor, and then, like, staggered out. And they
1: arrested her for it. Have you ever urinated in public like in a in a hotel lobby, Calvin? <laughs>
2: um,
0: I mean, I'm a guy, so of course I've urinated in public. But not But in, like in a hotel <laughs> lobby?
2: <laughs> I hope not I'm, in a lobby. I mean
0: I'm I'm sure I'm sure that I've urinated in a restroom in a hotel lobby, sure.
1: But just not out in the middle of the hotel lobby or like maybe on one of the couches in the hotel lobby? Or maybe there's a fountain in the lobby if it's a nice hotel.
2: But that's like I feel like that's sort of like you know, like a plant or something. You're like at least trying to hide it. She was like straight up in the middle of the lobby. Like just standing there, basically. Do you know but I I
0: just I did throw an ice sculpture at somebody in a hotel lobby once.
2: You threw an ice sculpture?
0: It was it wasn't very big, it was small.
1: My God, was uh, that after it, the party?
0: <laughs> it was during. It was during a party in in. Lip oh, it was in the during the party,
1: not after the party.
0: Not after the party, no.
1: During the party. I wish was it before, before the party? after party?
0: <laughs> there was an after party, but it was not in the hotel lobby.
2: That's all in my now. All right. Um, okay. All right. Uh, moving on. So I also read the story about um, this ice cream called Cold Stoned Ice Cream, which is pot-infused ice cream, and
1: oh, it's, it's legal. Oh, Cold
2: Stone. Cold Stone. Oh, you got it. So I'm yeah, in this creamy. company called Cannabis Creamery, and um, they have, like, a bunch of different, like, munchies and stuff, but right now, like, the ice cream is, like, their, their big... Um, product, and I was just wondering if you could guess what state is um, making this ice cream. Vermont. Colorado. Do you have a guess?
1: Colorado.
2: (laughs) You're both wrong. California. California. Mm-hmm.
0: So was was this based on the fact that we were both going to guess California?
2: No, no. I was actually wondering if you could guess it. Although when I said um, it, I was like, that makes sense. Because I feel like in California, this... it was one of the first states to have, like, legal places to buy, like, weed and stuff, right? No. What are they called, dispensaries?
1: No, that's Isn't Colorado. In
2: sorry. California. You guys so I'm asking to... you because you actually live there. <laughs> No? I'll have to do some research.
0: Yeah, I didn't understand what the question was because you guys are talking over each other.
2: Is California one of the first places that had legal places to buy weed?
0: Um, it is one of the first places that had medical marijuana.
2: And right. Still
0: I think it was the first state, uh, but, you know, non-medical marijuana is not legal here. Even right. know. Even though the whole the whole medical marijuana thing is like it's like the ultimate scam because you can <laughs> go to a doctor and say that, yeah, you've got this pain in your elbow and it's just gonna prescribe there's like doctors who would like their jobs are just to hand out weed subscription.
2: Right, right.
1: Liz, this okay. reminds me of uh Ben and Jerry's making beer. Ben and Jerry's made
2: beer?
1: Well, they're going to make beer. What? Where they're, teaming with, they're teaming with New Belgium Brewing Company to uh, release a salted caramel brownie brown ale oh. in the fall uh, of this year. I'm so, not
2: sure how I feel about that. There you go. We'll have to try it out. That's cool. There you go. Great connection, Ryan. Okay. All right. Last, last story. Sorry. This one just made me laugh a lot. So I don't know if you're familiar with the graffiti artist, Banksy.
1: Uh huh.
2: Do You know, Banksy is. I know Banksy. You love graffiti, tell them I'm a big
0: fan. I'm, um, I'm never a fan of Banksy go on. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: He's a vandal.
2: <laughs> um. So in England, there is a um a graffiti artist, and he's going by the name the name Wanksy, because he's <laughs> he's dr- drawing male body parts over potholes so that they get fixed immediately. Because otherwise they're not fixing them. So he, like, he will draw these large phallic drawings and then they fix the potholes almost, like, within the day. That's Isn't awesome. Isn't that so smart? We should do are they, that around here.
1: We should do that around here. Are they, are they looking for this guy? They're going to try and get him to stop or they're just fixing not, his potholes?
2: I'm not sure. He has, like, an Instagram account and he'll just, he'll be, he'll just, um, he'll post one, like, for example, this Caption says, "Here's a nice long one for you all," and it's around this giant pothole. And then later on that day, it says um, another success story, and it shows it like completely covered up with
1: nice. Yeah, Good for him. I thought
2: it was. I thought it was very clever.
0: That is clever.
2: Mm-hmm. But how many? But mm-hmm. how
0: many potholes do you have? We don't have that many potholes.
2: Well, you live in a place that gets lower than ninety-five degrees ten months of the year, so.
1: Yeah, Calvin, now, you places. probably don't even know what a pothole is, do you?
2: <laughs> we have so many potholes right now because of the winter. When it's cold, everything moves around, plows pull stuff up.
1: It's, it's not It's not a, a place in the backyard where you put your medical marijuana. That's not <laughs> what a pothole is.
2: Calvin, do you know uh, what a plow is? Do I, you know I plow assume you would
1: to a mouth.
2: Uh, a plow? <laughs> do
0: you <know> yes, what? <laughs> yes yeah, the, but this, this is it. There's a peachy rated show, Liz, but I, I won't talk about the browser plow. wow. from the future, wow. Liz. Browser
1: from the wow. future, They're, they don't exist. Well,
2: wow. um, sorry, well that's all I have here. I thought this was fun.
1: All right. Well, thank all you very right, much.
2: Please. Thank and, you. And
1: uh, do you have <laughs> any requests?
2: Uh, no, I'm enjoying the show so far. I I enjoyed hearing your opinions on the Kevin Love situation. You know I love I love Kevin Love. I'm sure I sure do. are
0: not coming there.
2: <laughs> Fun times
0: in Cleveland today, Cleveland. Come on down to Cleveland
2: Town, everyone. Come and look at both of our buildings. Buy some food that's prepared. <laughs>
1: that's right. Both, both of our buildings.
2: That was that was perfect. I haven't heard that in so long. That was great.
1: Well, I All played right. it last week. Here you go, Liz. Goodbye. There you go. There she goes. Uh, that's my song. I'm forever. Well, you're welcome. Playing the classics tonight. Playing the classics. Bringing them all back. It's the Eye of the Tiger. Nope. 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 Uh, oh, I guess I'll just mute her now so she doesn't have to worry about that. <clears throat> um, before we sort of get into our final segments here, our 30 minute, well, whatever, however long we're going to spend on these next few segments, I will remind everybody, of course, this show is brought to you by lynda.com. And, uh, if you haven't kickstarted your, your new year on lynda.com yet, then I don't know what you've been waiting for. And I'm, I would like to think that I'm telling people things that they already know and get a free 10 day trial. If you head over to lynda.com slash CLNS and it's used by millions of people already. It was bought by LinkedIn. If you don't know about lynda.com yet, then I hope you're a first time listener to this show and this network because uh, otherwise you should have already headed over to lynda.com and taken one of their courses because they, they are experts in almost anything that you can think of. Set some financial goals for yourself. Find a work-life balance. That's right. Sometimes you just don't want to sit and work anymore. You just want to go and drive around and just do nothing and look at just random things. You want to go to lunch and you just want to sit there and not talk to anybody at work. You just want to go just drive around. You ever feel that? That's because you need a work-life balance. And Linda can help you with that as well. lynda.com slash clns. Uh. So I teased the baseball thing earlier because of DraftKings so I'll I'll tease it again cuz we're not going there just yet. But where we are going to go, Calvin is something that is probably the most anticipated sporting event in the last oh I'm going to I'm going to go with like 10 years. And I don't know what I'm going to say is the is the most anticipated since then, but I'm I'm just going to say it's a safe bet to say 10 years. Nothing has been this big. I'm talking about Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. They're going at it. Uh, It'll happen before the next time we have a show. It's happening this Saturday night. Uh, And this this thing is something that people have been waiting for. It's long overdue. And I don't know what your initial thoughts are on it, but let's spend a few minutes talking about this because – uh, there have been a lot of or there has been a lot of speculation that Floyd Mayweather was ducking this fight for many reasons over the past few years uh, and that now that he, they're going to actually have the fight, it's Mayweather's to lose, actually, because Pacquiao is getting a little bit older and just the style of fighter that, that uh, Mayweather is, if he can control the fight uh I feel like the judges are probably going to give him the benefit of the doubt. So, take it away from there.
0: Well, you, you hit on both, both things I wondered. One, who do you like in the fight? It sounds like you like Mayweather. Uh, I also like Mayweather to win the fight. I'd want Pacquiao to win, but I expect Floyd Mayweather to just win another boring decision. Like I feel the beat. same way. Yeah, like he beats everybody else. It's just going to be him. Staying away from Pacquiao, Pacquiao not being able to get close to him, and Mayweather just tagging him with combinations because he's quicker. Except like that's, that's what, it's, it's going to look like every other one of Mayweather's fights. So, like part of part of my thinking is it's like the people making a huge deal of this. I don't even think it's because Pacquiao's older. I think that Mayweather would have always beaten Pacquiao. Just it, it's not even because I think he's a better fighter. It's more because I think stylistically. It's going to be difficult for, for Manny Pacquiao to win this fight because maybe is just too good defensively. But beyond that, what I want to know is, is you, you know you talked about how this is the big the biggest excuse me you know one of the biggest sporting events in years. Um, I would still say the Super Bowl is probably you know always bigger. But well, I, what I'm saying is, is
1: look, I, I don't know. <laughs> I I've, just hold on, just to cut you off really quick. Super Bowls are always bigger. But this thing is going to is just has so much hype surrounded it or surrounding it that Super Bowls kind of depend on different matchups. And when there's a good matchup, there's even more hype. But this thing is just—I I feel like people have been waiting for it for a while. People who follow the sport, anyway. Sorry, go.
0: Yeah, they ha- they have been. And look, I'm somebody who I, I really like boxing. I don't know how you actually feel about boxing as a sport, but like if it were up to me, we would be talking about boxing more often. Like, when there, when there are other fights, I just really like boxing. I like it more than MMA, um, but it's clearly been surpa- surpassed by MMA. As a, as I don't a, as get a sport. chance
1: to watch, but I really like boxing as well. I, j- I just don't see many fights. I try and catch uh, random fights here and there, whether it's just a, a Friday night on ESPN or uh, whatever it may be. I, I mean... Guys, I've never even heard of before. If it looks like it could be a decent fight, and then I'll try and tune in if I'm flipping through the station. So I do like boxing as well, Calvin.
0: Yeah, I, I have HBO. I'm a I'm a big supporter of HBO. So like, they they have a good lineup of boxers that you know fight on Saturdays. Sometimes I don't usually ever get a pay per view, but uh, be on that. You know, like there are a lot of major fights that I have opinions on. But the, the, but my bigger point is that like. I feel like the American public is not so much with boxing, not so much into boxing at all. Definitely not. Probably don't even know that many boxers. I don't understand why this is so. Why this specifically is so big, other than the fact that yeah, people have been waiting for it for a long time. But yeah, these guys are old now. They're not going to put on the, the type of performance they they might have at some point in their career. It's highly unlikely either one's going to get knocked out because Manny. Even though at one point in the career he was known as a knockout guy, but, you know at the weight that he's fighting at is not a knockout guy at all. Hasn't knocked out anybody in years. I yeah, I have a hard time seeing that. But it's just I don't I don't completely understand why this is as, as big of a deal as it is. They're charging a hundred bucks for this
1: fight. It's Because okay, they can. People, look- people are buying into the hype. It, yeah. It's just they they know that people are going to buy it. That's that's why. It's Floyd. It's Money Mayweather, man. He knows. He can get a big payday here, even if he just does his little dance around the ring, throw a few jabs, play defense, be a little bit quicker type of type of uh, boxing that he does. That's if he can, like I said, if he can control this thing, uh, it's it's going to be a nice payday for him. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it is, and I, I am looking forward to the fight. Let me ask you one more question about this before before we move on. So, the in, in the wake of this fight, it, it it kind of annoys me that this has happened, but this always tends to happen. So, in, in the wake of this fight, there's been a lot of pushback of, like, you know, we shouldn't watch or support this fight now because of, of Floyd Mayweather's repeated incidents with domestic violence. One, how, how would you respond to that? And two, like... What bothers me about it is, like, the fact that it's it's coming up now in the face of his, his the biggest fight of his career, when, like, the, the people, you know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, people, because the story's at its apex, they want to insert themselves in the story. And it, it, it kind of bothers me. And, unless I, I see, like, some sort of evidence that, that these people who are, who are, like, you know, claiming that we should all not watch this fight have been riding this bandwagon hard the entire time, I, just, I,
1: I have a problem with that. Uh, I just think that when the spotlight is on because of big events like this, then it also brings a more, more of a light to those people that are speaking out against whoever's involved. And maybe that's why you're just seeing more of it now because I, I think that these people have probably been active in speaking out against Floyd Mayweather uh, as far as his domestic charges are, are concerned. Uh, and to that, I would say, I mean, he probably in a perfect world would not be boxing. He would not have boxing licenses. He would not be this guy that has made so much money. But this is not a perfect world. And uh, boxing is still pretty corrupt as far as I, I can tell from the outside perspective here. Uh, and money talks. So that's why he is still boxing. So. It, it It is a fight that we have, and if, if you're a fan of the sport and you're a fan of maybe somebody possibly be getting a chance to knock this guy out uh, while it's a long shot, I mean, I think that's part of the reason people are going to tune in as well, and you just have to sort of take it for what it is and, and enjoy it unless you're really uh, staunch going to protest this thing. But it, to that, I would say, are, are you watching – football games that the Baltimore Ravens are involved in. And I would, you know what I mean? Like, are you going to watch the, the, whatever team signs Ray Rice in the off season, are you going to watch their football games? The protesters would probably tell you, no, they're not going to watch those things. But as a, as a casual fan of uh, of football and a a casual fan of boxing, I'm not going to turn away, you know? Yeah, that's
0: the thing. I I don't think it's, I don't think that you have to support Mayweather the person to support you know the notion of seeing a great fighter fight like it, it, again it, it all comes down to like there's there's not a moral obligation to like make sure everybody in sports is you know the ideal person that you want uh, raising your children or, or being around them like regard like he the, it, it's up to the political system to like determine what Lord Mayweather's fate is in regards to crimes that he's committed in domestic violence situations. I don't know the specifics of, you know, whether of, of his convictions and you know why he happens to be free. Or I know he he was in jail for a year for uh, domestic violence, but so he spent you know he's he's served his time. And I I don't think you have to then like uh, deny deny you know deny yourself a fight based like just because you don't like. What this guy represents, so you have the opportunity to cheer or now I don't have a problem with people who choose to do that or not do that, but I don't think there's any responsibility for anyone to do or not do that. It's it's, it's your choice, you know. If you, if you appreciate the sport on on that level, like it doesn't mean you have to appreciate Mayweather or that you support domestic violence or or really anything. Like it's it's just that you he just happens to be a very good fighter, you know, having a fight on Saturday night.
1: All right. Uh, Now is the discussion about uh, baseball. Here's the baseball topic, everybody. And it's actually not so much a baseball topic as it is a, I guess it's more of a social discussion, but we don't really need to get into all the specifics there. Uh, But the Baltimore Orioles will be playing a game in Camden Yards with no spectators as far as the public is concerned I, I don't know if they're going to have team employees in, in there watching the game or scouts or whatever what, what have you but uh, in order to get this game played amidst the civil unrest in the city of Baltimore tomorrow April 29th the uh, Orioles are going to host a game at 2 p.m. with no fans in the stands Calvin now, like I said, we don't need to get too too in depth and political on this thing, or what what have you. But is this the type of thing that baseball should have just put, tried to push back to later in the summer, in, in general, or do you, are you okay with them just playing this game uh, with with no fans in the stands? I
0: don't. I guess I don't completely understand the the mentality of it. One. Yeah, apparently, they've already moved certain games. Uh, they moved one game to Tampa Bay. it's are playing Tampa Bay. So they moved. They turned one game to a road game. They scheduled another game to be a doubleheader later in the year. So, like, why would they – I don't understand why they would, would, in this case, do the same thing in this situation – not do that again and rather just play a game with no fans at all. I mean, are they, I'm I'm assuming, are they going to televise this game? It's going to feel awkward. It's going to be weird for the players. It's going to be uncomfortable for them. Who knows? Yeah. Like, you know, who knows how it's going to affect uh, performances? It's a really odd situation to be putting everybody in.
1: It's going to be very strange.
0: And if you, it's just a weird situation because it's like either you, if, if, if you don't feel comfortable enough to allow <laughs> fans into the stadium, <laughs> excuse me, why do you feel comfortable enough to allow like players to drive down to the stadium?
1: You know what I mean. And like
0: that game's going to go on. Uh, if you have enough security, I don't, I don't get it. Is it a security issue? Because I, I feel like you could have put enough natural guardsmen at the game. Uh, most people who are buying tickets to an Orioles game aren't buying those tickets to then you know turn into a riders at that, at that specific point. And it sort of it sort of undermines their point anyway. And they're already. They're already writing. They're not gonna like wait in line to go to a game, get searched by the by the police, and then go in there and then suddenly try to organize a riot mixed in with people who are just there to watch a baseball game. Like that's that's sort of nonsensical to me. I don't know. Right? Are you, are you expecting if if you expect rioters to show up outside and be a problem, well, they're gonna be a problem anyway. Especially like I said, when the players are leaving in their cars it's still it's that, that same problem of like what would happen outside the stadium exists in either situation so i guess i don't understand the logic of it on any level
1: i i mean it i guess baseball's hands are sort, somewhat tied because they have a limited amount of days that they can play games and they have a li- limited amount of times that these these two teams will be matching up with each other uh, and it, it's just I just don't know if, if this is really the right approach to it. Uh, it, it just – I don't even uh, – Chicago is a team that they play multiple times. It's not like they're playing an, an, NL, an interleague series here and it's the only time that the, the team is going to be in town. I just feel like they, should, they would prefer to err on the side of doubleheaders later on. Uh, as opposed to just having a, a game played to an em- with an empty stadium where they're not generating any concession revenue or anything like that. But maybe this is sort of baseball's way of saying, uh, we don't care about the money in a time like this. We're just going to get our game in and move on. I don't know.
0: So what happens if this continues on for a while? Are they, are they just going to like continually take uh, games with no crowds? Like, once you've established this precedent, you can only cancel so many games in the baseball season, right? right? They're going to have to make a longer-term decision with this. And it's going to look ridiculous when if, if riots are still going, but they just so, decide to let people in the stadium after all.
1: Right, so they've basically bought themselves a week here by moving the games uh, that were supposed to be in Baltimore against Tampa down to Tropicana Field uh, this weekend, May 1st through 3rd. Then they have an entire week where they're actually playing in New York two games at the Mets, four games at the Yankees. But then guess what? For the rest of the month, only three road games for the Baltimore Orioles. So from the 11th on down to the end of May, uh, this team is going to have to find a way to play games at home. And if things are still going on and there's still unrest and they still don't feel comfortable playing games and having big crowds in the stadium, then this might get very strange, very fast. So, they have to come up with a plan, and they basically bought themselves a week to, to do it. We'll see what happens, I guess. Right?
0: Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, are they just hoping the riots are are being taken care of by then? It's just it's it's a strange position to take, and they're uh, going to have to set some sort of long term policy unless you know this goes away pretty quick.
1: That's right. All right. What's next? Where are we? Um, we'll oh, John Jones. Go ahead. You want to yeah, so, do this John Jones thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny because uh, a couple of months ago I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine. I, I love bringing in friend conversations insider or talking in the show. And I said that I didn't really like John Jones because I thought he was somewhat of a phony. Like, John Jones is always, like, He's always pushed, like, the Christian angle of, like, he has uh, uh, Philippians tattooed on his chest. And he's always been, like, very, like, um, you know, thank God, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, it, it just came across the stage to me, especially in in relation to, like, how he reacts to other fighters, like, very dismissively. So, like, ever since that time period, ever since I made that statement, it was, like, one day later where he was a he was a uh bound to of like taking cocaine right before a fight, and then he checked himself in a drug rehab and checked himself out a day later and Now he hit a pregnant woman with his car, broke her arm, ran away from the scene, went back to the car, pulled a bunch of cash out of the car, and then ran away from the scene again leaving leaving the woman uh a pipe with marijuana inside, and you know now he's got a felony charge for hit and run. Yeah, I'm like what? The, what is this? Like this notion that these like UFC guys are like good dudes, and you know they're they're not like boxers, and like is not corrupt, and all all these guys are really good guys. Like it's really falling apart pretty fast, isn't it? Like John Jones. Yeah, Simmons I'd say is, so. Yeah, I, I I feel pretty confident now in saying that John Jones is a douchebag.
1: I mean, I really- these. Why I, I just people start to think that that like Dana White is putting spin on these guys, and I don't know enough of enough about it to know whether that I'm even referencing the right thing here. But the point is that these guys are fighters, right? They they use aggression and anger, and they channel it in into the ring. And who's to say that that's not going to be something that slips up outside of the ring. And not to say that this guy that, that John Jones went out on purpose and hit this woman, but maybe he was all messed up on something, you know, maybe, uh, he was sort of relapsing here. Maybe he's not in control of his situation and, that's the type of things that make it tough to make good decisions, you know? And uh, just the fact that he would run away from a situation like that shows that it's something's wrong with this guy and maybe it's an isolated case. Who knows? But I don't, I, I don't like to generalize of course, but to just say that these guys are all, all good guys as well. You can't generalize in that direction either. So, I guess it's a case by case basis here, of course, but uh, this is not a situation that looks good for John Jones or MMA, MMA fighters as a whole, just because people are going to generalize in the wrong direction as well.
0: Well, that's the speculation, right? That he was high on something, and that's why he ran away yeah. after hitting the, the girl, you know, long enough to for him to sober up and for not to, because he already had one DUI as uh, DUI would have been a felony charge and he, you know, was trying to get a, a misdemeanor, but by breaking her arm, then it became a felony charge anyway. And I think that you, I don't know, like, hitting some. I don't know how messed up he was, so, it, so it's hard for me to, like, completely come on down, down on him for that, but I think if you hit somebody with, with your car, do you, like, owe them the responsibility of checking up on them and making sure they're okay? You know, before right. fleeing the scene, I think if he if if the story was John Jones ran into a telephone pole and fled the scene, you know what I mean? And I would almost be like, I, I would I would almost be like, man, he really needs he really should check himself into rehab. But I get it. But instead, it, it just it feels like like that's just doesn't make you a good dude. You know what I mean? That that's that's all it is for me. It's that simple. Like you hit somebody with your car and then you just run away from them. Like, that's, that's just yeah, a bad that's dude clear. move. That's
1: all. Right. I agree, Calvin. Wholeheartedly. Right, uh, right. And to that I say, I dropped the ball on all of the other live reads tonight. I did the important really? one. The, dra- the DraftKings one. But now I'm just going to rip hey, out a bunch right now, and I'm going to just tell everyone that that's what's happening. And then we're going to have a secret segment and then we're going to end the show. So number two, if you don't know what the reached app is yet, again, what, what have you been listening to? Because we, we tell you about these things all the time, which is why I forget to tell you from time to time throughout the shows. Cause I just assume that you people out there listening, know about them. If you don't know, go to reachedappcom CLNS. That's R E A C H T app.com slash CLNS. Download that app for your iPhone or get it from Google Play for the Android devices out there and you can just share all of your comments and questions across all of your social media pages. Talk about any sports teams you you yeah. desire to talk about. To talk get about in about on it. the discussion about the, the latest Celtics beat because that show is blowing up and you can find that on our mobile application. You can also get that on iOS and on Android devices on the Google Play Store. That's free as well, the CLNS radio mobile app. So you can listen to the Celtics beat, Patriots beat, then you can go to the Reach app and you can talk about it and text about it, and then you can tweet about it and put it on your Facebook all at the same time. So go to reachtapcom slash CLNS. That's the long story short on that one. Uh, and if you have been listening to us this entire show, and you like audiobooks, then you should go to audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics and get a free audiobook from the world's biggest online library. And while you're at it, when I end this segment right here and I tell you about the last live read, you better be going to youtube.com slash slash Radio and checking out Jared Weiss's final garden report after game four in that playoff series against the Cavs because uh, they have some surprises on there, and it's it's good stuff. So check that out as well. Jared does a wonderful job for us at the cNS radio post game show. All right, Calvin. I just ripped those things out in two minutes. Would you like to say anything else as part of our secret segment that I promised the people?
0: No, did we uh, go through all the topics? Yes we, we
1: have. Oh, we were maybe going to touch on the NFL draft. What was that thing you wanted to say?
0: Oh, just that uh, apparently the NFL is making all of their employees and ESPN's employees uh, not tweet out the names of the guys drafted until Roger Goodell comes out and, and makes the, the statement. But the the problem with that is, is guys who don't work for the NFL Network or ESPN, guys like Jay Glazer... They're, they're going to tweet about it when they know about it, which means that those it's just going to end up being where the guys who don't work for the NFL Network and ESPN are going to end up getting the scoops on the guys that do. So I don't know what – like the, the NFL, once again, is like going too far to, to try to prevent like something that they shouldn't even worry about in the first place. Because if you're, well, on, because if you're, on, if you're on Twitter looking to see who a team drafted before it's right. announced – You're going to to be able to find it. And if you don't want the suspense ruined for you, you're not going to be on Twitter looking for names. You know what I mean? It's either one or the other. So the NFL is accomplishing nothing except making their own reporters look second-rate.
1: And with that, I say I agree with you. The NFL trying to clamp down, how are they going to track that anyway? Uh, Are they really going to go back and look and see Uh, every single one of their employees and ESPN's employees uh, and make sure that they didn't send anything out on Twitter or Facebook or what have you. Listen, Roger Goodell, I know that you love to have a control of the situation and you want to be the guy that puts it out there. But in this day and age, you just have to deal with it, pal. People are still going to watch the draft. They're still going to talk about the draft. I don't know why, but we're talking about it right now and other people are really into it. So, just take it for what it is. Embrace the fact that people are trying to leak these draft picks moment, moments before you unveil what, who they are. And just go with it. Just act like it's not happening. Pretend that you don't see the tweets popping up. Don't acknowledge it at the draft. That's fine. The guys in the room are going to hear it from you, from him first. Uh, if you you want to do anything, then confiscate their phones so they can't be looking on Twitter when they're in the draft room. How about that? Boom. Problem solved.
0: And you're really really a problem solver tonight, right?
1: Problem solver. Take that, Roger Goodell. I am a problem solver for you, sir. And with
0: that, Rory, I think we're out of time.
1: With that, we are out of time. That is our secret segment right there. And uh, I thank you all for listening tonight as I... Fade off into the distance. Good luck to the Orioles and White Sox tomorrow playing uh, with no fans. That is going to be strange. Quickly on that, Calvin. Are they going to – you think they're going to play things on the Videotron and they're going to announce the players and play their music and all that stuff? I'm actually kind of interested to see how this thing goes tomorrow. So uh, maybe we'll see some highlights or something. Until next time, I'm on the Wizards bandwagon now. I don't know who Calvin's rooting for. Maybe just oh, the know. fun basketball playoffs. <laughs> Go Clippers, right? Warriors. Yeah, Warriors. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Go Clippers. Good night, everyone. Hi, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Want to say something else? <laughs> no, I don't have anything else. That's all I have. Well, I stole it from you.
0: Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Not six. Not
2: seven. Hulk Hogan!